episode of Dakota Boys Talk Movies. We're going to be doing a video review tonight, um, checking out one of the pretty pretty new movies out there to rent or buy, whatever have you. If you're trying to build your collection or you think it's worth it, um, maybe this review will help you decide how, how you'll check it out. Um, but we're going to be talking about the movie Hell or High Water tonight, which was actually a, uh, a Best Picture... Can we call it a contender, Dakota? I mean, it was up for Best Picture. Was was it really in contender? I mean, I guess there was that moment when they screwed up that all of them thought, we have a chance, but... Well, I feel <laughs> like there was so many, uh, so much competition, it most likely could have snuck by. That, I, yeah, it's, because... I mean... It's hard to believe that would have won when you have such strong Oscar bait movies like La La Land and Moonlight, which, of course, were both the ones that one thought they won and then the other one did win. But, uh, but yeah, this was up there for it. And uh, tonight in a review, maybe we'll kind of we'll touch on that a little bit, like how we feel about um, it being on there. I mean, obviously, the best picture category is the one where they have to f- fill. I mean, there's... Is it? I always forget. Is it nine slots or ten slots? Oh, I think it's nine. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's a lot of slots to fill on a category. So it does help ones like this maybe get a little more notice than they would have. Although what did help this one get some notice is that uh, it did star Jeff Bridges um, in kind of another Rooster Cogburn type role, uh, although not totally Rooster Cogburn. And then it had. Um, Chris Pine, who a lot of people know now because of his playing Captain Kirk in the new Star Trek movies, and then rounding out the cast playing Chris Pine's brother is uh, Ben Foster, who's just kind of been showing up in things, oh, I don't know, quite a few years now, is kind of a supporting player, and uh, in this one he is kind of uh, sharing the lead, I guess we'd call it, more so than being a supporting cast, wouldn't you say? Yeah, he's, uh... Who would be the... Is anybody... Like, those three just kind of all share the lead, in a sense, I guess I would say. Yeah, it's, this movie is kind of ambiguous in that you don't really On know... On a lot of levels. ...who is the quote-unquote and uh, protagonist or antagonist. It's like... Who do I root for? There's a little... Who should we boo? Who should we cheer for? There's a little ambiguity, but at the same time, I knew exactly who I was rooting for the whole time. But, <laughs> but the, it's it's going to be... Uh, the mean old waitress in the diner? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The rattlesnake waitress. But, uh, yeah, so what what this movie is about is is two brothers who pretty early on you find out that the one, the the older brother, played by Ben Foster... Uh, is pretty fresh out of prison. You know, he's been out long enough to where he's slightly settled and has reconnected with his brother, but still fairly fresh out of prison. And you open right up the first scene. You come into the movie. The steady cam comes around, and they're walking into a bank to rob it. And that's that's literally brings you right into the story that these two are, are robbing banks. And from there, it's kind of this uh, this trail of why why are they why are they doing this and then we get um jeff bridges character involved as a texas ranger 
who gets dropped the case because of the specific way they're robbing. They're not taking big bills. They're not going after the safe. They're grabbing the 20 and under bills straight from the drawer. And it's just, uh, you know, in the 10,000 or less range that they're really nabbing. And so the FBI is like, yeah, it's not big enough for us. So you get the Texas Ranger on the case here uh, dealing with it. So that's, that's kind of our draw into the story here. And it kind of becomes an unfolding of, of what the end, you know, what, what their reasoning is behind these robberies. And then you also get to meet Jeff Bridges, who's playing the old, I'm three days from retirement character kind of thing. But the feel you get pretty, pretty early on is that even though this is taking place in modern day and they don't, there's no, that's a place where there's no ambiguity. You know, it's modern day just from cars uh, and pickups, obviously Um, camera systems in the banks and smartphones. And so, you know that this is happening in the world we have now, but at the same time, it's taking place in West Texas, and so it's very, very much a Western in a lot of ways. Uh, just kind of uh, what you could call a Western tale in the modern age is really what it is. So, uh, uh, Dakota, uh, did I, I don't remember. Did you see this movie in theaters? Uh, no, I don't believe it came anywhere close to... Uh, it, was a, it was in Aberdeen for a little bit, but... I didn't manage to get away to see it. Yeah, and this was written by the the writer of Sicario, which I know you were a fan of, uh, which came out what a couple years ago, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah, it'd be two years now. Yeah, and so uh, it's kind of got it's a different director, um, but it has that same sort of feel where it's kind of like you're very much put into this dirty real world i i thought even those movies starred what you could call a-list actors i mean jeff bridges is in the big blockbusters and chris pines in big blockbusters and ben foster's been in a few blockbusters and so i mean they're they're what you call a-listers but at the same time it was a very real feeling movie and uh i thought that they they felt very believable in those roles you really bought them as couple of texas brothers who one was a little more of a troublemaker than the other maybe so to speak but you really bought him in those characters i thought i don't know how'd you feel about that dakota yeah they came off uh <laughs> uh i guess the relationship they can have together is more akin to the one i have with my brothers where there's a lot of like horsing around calling each other names not not you know hitting each other like they do. <laughs> yeah. sometimes I wish. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, and you kind of you start there starts to be the peeling of the onion too of why Ben Foster was in prison where they kind of grew up in in a troubled home and uh and then how some of their growing up is what led to being the catalyst of now doing the bank robberies and and uh, trying to understand which one of them is more the the whole engine propeller of doing these robberies. Because at first, you know, your gut instinct is, oh, obviously the the jailbird is the one who wants to rob these prisons. But then you kind of ask yourself, well, well, is he the one that's really the push? Or, or is he the one who's along for the ride? You know, you're trying to 
trying to understand this, and I really, I really did think this movie did a good job of slow. I wouldn't even call this movie a slow burn. That's not the right word, but the pacing was good to where it kept you involved, but there was still the the layers of the onion coming back through those things at a pace where it wasn't like uh rushed or too slow i don't know how to say that i don't know i don't, I thought the pacing was well i don't know how you felt about that uh no this movie this movie definitely doesn't have any parts that kind of make you feel like oh this just needs to it's like just plodding along it needs to pick up pace or we need to get we need to get moving on with the story no it all kind of just unfolds uh uh, it only takes place over a couple of days. Yeah, I would say at most a week. Yeah, but it's it's just kind of interesting because we're getting this story with where there's a lot going on, but it's not it's not slow. It's not boring. It's just kind of if anything, kind of seems to go by pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, I would say that too. And what's and that's the thing is, like, it goes by quick, but nothing really fast-paced is happening. I mean, yeah, there's the bank robberies, but even those are very, like... One-sided. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of this thing where they're not go- they're trying to find the times when the banks aren't busy, so even those aren't, like, these big, like, shootouts, whatevers, you know, type things. And, uh, and so you kind of have that, that build to that. And, and even the, like, I don't know what you call just, the, like, the the everyday talk between characters like like the two rangers and the two brothers where it feels like it's not expositional but it's character building like all of those talkings are you understanding motives and backgrounds of those characters to build into how it does play into the story that's being told and so i thought all of that was was really well done and and this is apparently only like the sec well, it's the only the second script I guess Taylor Sheridan has sold. Um, the only movie he's written before this that was made into a movie. I guess we should put it that way. Who knows how many scripts he's written? You know, maybe he's written forty scripts. It's just that these are the first two that have been made. You know, that's how that goes sometimes. But this is only his second movie that's been made that he's written outside of Sicario, and it's like he he really has a gift for unfolding an interesting story and telling it from points of view that are different and then showing us a world that we don't see very often you know where in this it's like there's some things in this where it feels very texas like everybody has guns and cowboy hats but at the same time you're seeing like a part of texas you don't always see and and it's also a representation of just like a section of america in general this this section of america that's like feels like they've been shafted by banks and maybe even has been shafted by banks and has caused just really hard living conditions where everybody's just kind of jaded where you do kind of have this wild west mentality with people because it's almost like it's like even the normal everyday people that aren't bank robbers don't really seem to like authority all the time and things like that and so or, or or the authorities i should yeah. say and so it's just kind of interesting to see that because i think places like that really do exist you know, it has that. Oh very- yeah, especially when you know times are tough, people then turn to not really give too much credit towards the government, or 
or uh, laws. I mean, it's just kind of like, oh, well, screw you. There's a line from this movie that I thought was like pretty great where this, this old guy who watches his bank robbery happen right in front of him, uh, who may have been packing heat and could have stopped him, says, oh, I've been, I just watched the bank get robbed. It's been robbing me for 40 years. Yeah, just kind of matter-of-factly. And just kind of says it with a grin, like, ha, they got theirs finally. Bastards. And it's kind of one of those things where maybe it can be kind of like laughed off like that because nobody was hurt. You know, nobody was yeah. killed. And so you start, you know, it's kind of almost like a study of yourself. Like you start asking yourself, like, are these things bothering me? And who, and that's why, you know, when Dakota's talking about who is, who's the bad guy, who's the good guy type ideas where it's like, this starts blurring the lines where it's like, okay, they're, they're bad. They're doing bad things. They're doing things that are not the law. But then here is this corporation that's doing things, you know, within the law. Maybe it's skeevy. But they're not necessarily breaking the law. And so even though in terms of breaking the law, you could call them, well, they're not breaking the law, so they're, you know, ipso facto, good. But it's blurred there where it's like, well, they're still not good either. But does that still justify their being right? And so it starts like kind of blurring these lines. You start asking the questions of, of all of this. And obviously we're only seeing these events in this particular movie from the point of view of the robbers, from the point of view of an old jaded Texas Ranger, you know, and things like that. And so you're not getting necessarily the full circle, but you are getting these perspectives on where, you know, these things, it can cause you to start looking at the world around you and, and, and really asking what, what do, what what do I think of this and where do I sit in this? You know, it's kind of a kind of interesting questions that could come up just from from a movie like this. Um, but I, I thought it was uh I guess as far as just just you know, we talked about just the pacing, but I just thought the overall execution was was uh was very well done. You know, considering how cleanly everything was shot, it was it was still a very dirty, you know, you still felt the dust and grit of of Texas in this movie and everyone was just always sweaty and pitting out and looked like they needed a shower. <laughs> like you just felt that you felt that the whole time too. And so I don't know, all that execution and logistics was really well done. Now on the side of, uh, of acting, uh, I guess we kind of talked about this too. Did you think, I don't I, Did you think everyone was pretty fitting of their roles or was there anyone that you're kind of like, uh, I don't know. Uh, not really. This movie, um, if anything, kind of just had that, had like that feel where it was just like average. They picked like average people off the street to be in this movie. Like obviously not the main stars, but just like people in the background, you know. Um, sometimes when a movie's like set in California, it's like nothing but models in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And or guys who like the guys who are like could be Mr. Universe or something. But yeah, in this movie, it just kind of seems like it's really down to earth people 
and it's a little bit refreshing in a way almost yeah not everyone's really clean and has like what is considered by magazine standards the perfect body type and things like this it's like they all just looked like just real tangible people within within that world and and then i guess this really just kind of highlighted the the acting chops of Chris Pine and Ben Foster. You know, I think Ben Foster has proved himself a few times, but Chris Pine, you know, he hasn't really gotten the chance too terribly often to be in a starring role like this where he can really show his range. And I thought, uh, I thought he really, really showed his range in this and you kind of, you kind of bought him. And, and I think, Part of it was uh, something I caught with him a lot was it was his his eyes. Like he really bought and I thought it was the same. I don't know if the director did this or if it just happened to be that way. But both of the the actually all three, I'd even guess Jeff Bridges a little bit, but specifically the two brothers. I I bought them because of their eyes. I don't know if you noticed that Dakota, but it would just be like ways they would look or kind of a, a glaringness they would give to someone is just you just bought the whole moment and feeling of who they were through the eyes i yeah. really i really felt that a lot and and i think uh i think that is critical because uh it's kind of like when you watch like maybe like a mediocre acted movie and uh, they just kind of maybe have kind of like just like kind of the dead eyes where they're just like saying the line. But the eyes are so important with like you felt the character within them a lot and not just like um, playing the part, which I think could be easy in a movie like this. Like, oh, you're playing like a Texas cowboy type. And so you just come in and act the Texas cowboy or whatever. And it becomes like a, a caricature type thing of like i'm from texas you know or whatever <laughs> but it's like even though they had the draws it was deeper than that and so i don't know i thought that was good and and i and honestly you know none of them got nominated but you know those acting categories are like those are hard to get nominated in you have to be in a really substantially talked about <laughs> movie to really get a nomination but yeah well, i mean these guys did a good job it's just one of those things where it's like I feel like you really have to have like be like a fan favorite. Like you have to have people rooting for you before the movie even comes out. Yeah. Well, and I think this movie too, it's about how your how your movie's marketed and sold yeah. to the greater community. And this this movie was never really marketed to be like come see these acting achievements, you know. Yeah. Where you know, it's kind of what they did with like you know, when Eddie Redmayne just kind of won out of nowhere for Theory of Everything a few years back, well, it was like, that's what was really being marketed was his portrayal of Stephen Hawking, you know, go see his portrayal of Stephen Hawking. And so I think it, it kind of comes down to marketing a little bit, whereas this movie was just marketed as as a whole, you know? And so I think that kind of plays an effect on that. But uh, uh, Dakota... This so this movie was called Hell or High Water. What do you feel is the significance behind that title, with what this movie was about? 
Um, well, it's kind of used the the saying "Hell or High Water" was actually used in the film, and it's essentially to describe the fact that uh, uh, these guys they're robbing banks for a reason. They have a deadline they're trying to meet. They're trying to make get so much cash, and they just need a certain amount of money by a certain date. And without giving too much away of the movie, um, that's all I could really say about it. But yeah, but essentially, what it kind of boils down to is, uh, no matter what happens to either one of these bank robbers, they have to be somewhere with this money on a certain date. Yeah, and it's and they do. There is kind of this that mentality. Yeah, and it, it, but I also feel like plays on both sides of the coin here because it's like well first off the two bank robbers and the two texas rangers that you follow really talk about death a lot like oh if if i make it or what do you really think there's a chance we're gonna make it or they'll say things like this and then you kind of point out dakota how they would say that and then all of a sudden they'd be like a year from now, we'll be la- you know, or you know, and it'd be kind of flip like that, and it's kind of this idea of when you think about that idea of we're gonna do this come hell or high water, and then you think about how they have this mentality where they all feel like they are willing to take this to take this as far as it needs to go. And I think this goes for the robbers, but I think this also goes for especially uh, Jeff Bridges character where it's like, he really has this thing where I'm going to follow it through to the end. And, uh, and so it it was kind of interesting when you think about how it kind of ended up having meaning on both sides, which is another interesting thing when you think about how, it does cause you to blur a little bit on who was the good guy, who was the bad guy. And then you also have both sides having a mentality of following it through to the end, whatever that meant to them. And so it kind of, everything kind of comes circular in this movie where it's like, uh, it, it kind of ends up being on both sides where you just, you just kind of watch everything unfold. Um, so it is just kind of interesting, um, on that level. And it, and it's kind of, it's, it's, it's just refreshing to see an interesting story, uh, played out in this way and to kind of, uh, just see, well, in some ways see a world you don't really know about or, you know, is kind of unfamiliar to, to where you are and things like that. And so it just kind of brings that whole, that whole element also, but. I don't know, anything else on this movie, Dakota? Um, no, other than the fact that this movie is pretty. I think it's actually a really well-made film, and there's. I don't think I really have any complaints about it, and um, it's one of those movies I've been kind of suggesting people I know watch. Um, fans of film, uh, kind of more serious film. Yeah, it works on a couple different levels, like. If you like just well-made movies, there you go. If you like crime dramas, there you go. Yeah, it kind of works on a few different levels, really. So, yeah, yeah. 
So I think on a on a five star system. A five star, huh? Where would you right. where would you put this? Oh man, I think I'd I think I'd go so far as to say a four. I'd give it four stars out of five. Okay. Okay. Yourself? Yeah, I think uh I think I'm right in there with you where um there there's you know, if I if just a few things that that I'd be okay with not being there or, or being different or whatever. And so yeah, I mean it knocks it a little bit to where it's not perfection and things like that, to where I'd put it in that range of, of probably four out of five. But yeah, it's it's it it's just one of those movies where yeah, like like we said, if it's a it's a well done film, but then also again, if you just like kind of those crime dramas, I don't know if I'd put it in like the thriller category. I'd say more crime drama, yeah, more so than a thriller, because thriller kind of makes you think like oh, pulse pounding. It's like not really <laughs> pulse pounding. It's more of like about the characters, so because it's more of a drama, crime drama. Um, the, it's definitely worth definitely worth checking out, um, giving a rent for sure, and uh, and seeing what you think about it. So uh, and I, and I think it really, uh, like I said, solidifies that Chris Pine isn't just Captain Kirk, but there is more to him. That he does have some some acting ability, also. You know, Jeff Bridges has proved himself at different times in the past, and and Ben Foster even has a little bit, but Chris Pine still kind of has this stigma of being like uh i don't know you know pretty boy or <laughs> whatever you know and he's going to be in the new wonder woman movie so you know he's still like the blockbuster guy but this kind of shows a different different range to him which was uh like i said cool to see so yeah we both definitely give this a check it out and uh speaking of check out uh we hope you uh uh like us and and follow us on Facebook and Twitter and and keep up with us there. We have different updates we put on there, whether it's updates about this uh, particular podcast or just uh, news updates having to do with movies and and different things like that. We try to keep things going on there. And also, uh, we're on iTunes and YouTube and Stitcher, places like that where you can subscribe and and use those to keep up to date on when we're putting on the new episodes. And uh, also, it just means a lot when we see your support there. And, uh, you know, and you can use those different tactics to maybe help other people discover us who want to hear about movies and things like that. And as always, use those places to also just uh, let us know things you'd like to see on the show or we need to quit doing on the show because you're sick of it. You know, whatever that happens to be. You know, we want to take all those things into consideration and things like that. And uh, we hope to bring some more. Um, not just reviews in the future, but also just some of our episodes where we like to just uh, talk about different movies that uh, we like for different reasons or, you know, different things about those movies. So we hope to do more of those in the future, too. But with that, we'll wrap up this episode or our uh, video review of Hell or, Hor- <laughs> Hell or High Water. Excuse there me. you go. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, tuning in this time, and we'll catch you next time. So this is Steven. And this is Dakota. See you later.